Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is up? You are listening to the third episode of the Lax Factor Lacrosse Podcast. Today we are going to get into the 2019 Syracuse men's lacrosse team and look at their schedule, their roster, and a bunch of other things. So let's go. All right, now we get into the 2019 roster, and we're going to start with who we lost. I think that's always the best way to do it. We lose Brendan Bomberry on attack. 28 goals, 8 assists. Brutal to lose that, but it's production that can easily be made up. And the way I look at that is you have a couple of, you know, Nate Solomon and, and Stephen Rafis, A, are going to get a little bit more they're going to eat some of those points just to go into the rack themselves and getting a few more looks. And then I think that probably Brad Voigt, guys like Brendan Curry, there's a couple of other guys. And then don't forget Griffin Cook, on it, if, if he gets a bunch of runs at attack, which I believe he's going to, the, they'll make up for the loss of Bomberry. So that's not that bad of a loss to eat. It's not like we lost Ben Reeves. The, the other one up, Matt Lane. Uh, senior midi last year, five goals, four assists. That's easy, easily replaceable. And he, he didn't factor in much by the end of the year last year. Anyway, I was actually hoping he was going to be one of the guys that had a really big year last year. And I was hoping that as a senior, he was going to step up and, and put up 15 to 20 points. And he did not partly because the midfield got crowded. Once some of the freshmen started performing, we lose our goalie, Dom Madonna, but we're, we're losing a team leader, but a goalie that, that only saved the ball at a 46% clip, eight and seven record in cage last year. So you don't want to lose your starting goalie any year, but we're, we're hopefully going to be able to find someone that can at least produce that production. If not put up 50% or 51%, they really need to find a netminder that can be more consistent at ball stopping than they've had for the last couple of years. Who is coming back offensively? As we discussed, we lose Bomberry. He's replaceable, not in the sense that he he you know he wasn't a great player. He was a great player, but he's replaceable because obviously Rafis and Nate Solomon are going to eat a little bit of that production. Rafis was twenty and twenty eight last year. Solomon twenty two and fifteen. But then you got Brad Voigt, who's kind of a logical replacement for Bomberry in the sense that he's a great crease man. He's a great finisher. He's fiery as hell, little guy. But he plays ball. Play you know he he's a tough. He's a tough crease man, and he can catch the ball in those tough spots and finish in, in a similar way to Bomberry. But I'd also like to see Griffin Cook uh, get some time down there. I, I believe that you get Griffin Cook, the new freshman, and Nate Solomon and Stephen Rafis on the field together. That's three legit dodging attackmen. So I think that'll be formidable, but I wouldn't be surprised to see either Brendan Curry or Brad Voigt maybe get the start at attack. Uh, we'll see. I, it's hard with Cuse because they don't publicize a lot of fall ball stuff, and I wasn't able to get to any events. But we have three, either way, we have two solid attack in Rafis and Solomon coming back to anchor that unit. They anchored it last year. They'll do it again. And then whoever we fill in, there's there's three or four guys that they can fill in at that third attack spot that'll do well. At the midfield, Jamie Tromboli is the obvious 
big dog coming back 21 and 10 last year as a freshman he scored the game winner against duke as a sophomore he scored the game winner against duke so i'm expecting big things out of tromboli in his junior year out of victor victor high school uh, upstate new york kid tucker dordovic 15 and 5 oregon kid uh, great player uh, the second freshman in as many years tromboli was the first freshman in a while that came in and tore it up uh, at the midfield for syracuse and uh, Dordovic did the same thing last year with a 15 and five production. Scored the game winner against Virginia. David Libka, 12 and two last year. So they have a lot of talent coming back. And then they they have other guys that that can hopefully step up. Griffin Cook, I already mentioned, uh, out of Jamesville, Dewitt. Lucas Quinn, I've heard people say had a decent fall ball. Owen Seabold, I heard had a decent fall ball. I don't know. I have no way to confirm that those those two, but I've heard good things about them. Pat Carlin. I bring Pat Carlin up partly because he's uh, in from my hometown, uh, Vestal here, but six goals, two assists last year, played in all 15 games. So he's one of those other guys that just gives them legitimate de- depth at midfield, uh, even if they had to go three, three lines deep. So I'm not worried about Syracuse offensively. They have the talent they need. They have an excellent system. These guys know how to run the system. These guys have all been playing together for a handful of years already. So the core group of players, solid as anybody in the country. The young guys that are playing can play with the best of them as well. So I think offensively, Syracuse is going to do good things this year defensively they bring back my favorite pole number 21 nick mellon redshirt junior great takeaway guy uh, he had 22 cost turnovers last year 31 ground balls i think he should be wearing number 11 even though he's not but i think nick mellon i don't think anyone would argue that nick mellon's the best long pole on this team despite the fact he's not a captain despite the fact he's not wearing number 11 then you've got austin fusco number 11 uh, long, long pole plays up on the wing, plays a little bit of close D, I believe also. So Fusco is a great, he's a senior this year. So he's big having him back. Brett Kennedy, redshirt sophomore had kind of a breakout season. And I think that you started seeing him play huge when Bomberry was out with his injury. So I'm excited to see Kennedy come back. He even got time at midfield a little bit too. Tyson Bomberry. Senior, captain, coming back, 26 GBs, 15 caused turnovers. He missed four or five games last year. And in that stretch, despite the fact he's not the best cover man in the country, far from it, he's an excellent team leader. He's great on ground balls, 15 caused turnovers in 12 games. So he was good for more than a a takeaway each game. So Bomberry being back too. I think that core unit between Kennedy, Bomberry, Peter Durth at the defensive midfield, Short, short stick, two goals, three assists, five cost turnovers with a short stick. I think having that, that we pretty much have the entire catalyst back on D minus the goalie. We lose Madonna, but Madonna only saved the ball at a 46% clip anyway. So he did other things. He was a good communicator uh, through that, that rope of a pass to um, Simmons for the game winner against Army. But you'd think that you could put another goalie in to save the ball at 45, 46%. And we have enough seniors on the defensive side that the defense is not going to fall, fall apart. I, I'd posit that even with a new goalie, this defense should look a little bit better than they did last year, especially to start the season and getting into it. They're not going to have to learn how to get used to each other. There's not a lot of new faces that we have to work in and integrate. So I think the defense is going to be pretty solid as long as that goalie steps in and can save the ball at a 45, 50%. Uh, range. I think this defense is going to be solid as good as last year, if not better. And we'll go defensive midfield. I kind of count the whole face-off X situation 
as a defensive midfielder. I'm just going to talk about one guy there, Danny Varello, 48% at the faceoff X last year. Hopefully his junior year, he can get himself into the 52% range. He picks up ground balls, obviously, as a faceoff man. He was solid throughout the year, and he came up big in a couple of games. The the notable exception was losing the faceoff and then letting his brother run down and stick the game winner when they played Navy, but that happens. Um, Beyond that, you also have uh, Fusco Sr. Played a lot of wing last year also, and they'll have some other guys fill in the wing. So at the faceoff X, technically we should be stronger than we were last year. Uh, You get Varello back for another year. Uh, You'll have a couple of other guys playing underneath him. Fusco and a couple of the other mids getting on wings. I believe Kennedy, Brett Kennedy got on the wing a little bit. So at the faceoff X, I think they're slightly better than they were last year, and they're certainly not worse. All in all, what does this mean for Syracuse? They have a tough schedule, which is true, and they always have a tough schedule, though. But when you look at their roster, in terms of offensive production, they only lost Brendan Bomberry. I say only, but they lost Brendan Bomberry, but that's 28 and 8 that they can replace. They have everybody else back. All, every other major contributor on the offensive side besides Bomberry is back. Defensively, same thing. Every major contributor on the defensive side of the ball is back, except for Dom Madonna. And then you look at the faceoff X. Every major contributor outside of our backup in Delisle is back at the faceoff X. We got our wings back. We've got our faceoff man back. So in theory, as good as he was, as they were last year, if not better. So I think that when you look at it, this is a team that underperformed last year. Maybe they performed exactly where they should have been. They had some really good wins. Their problem was they had a couple of bad losses. And they were really bad off ball. I think that's where they really you, you, you see the te- the teams that they struggled against. It was Albany, excellent at dr- going to the cage, drawing doubles, and then feeding. They they get beat up by Cornell, one of the le- one of the uh, leaders in the country in terms of assisted goals last year was Cornell. They struggled off ball badly, but I think that will be cleaned up a little bit now that we have all our familiar faces back and. Overall, I just think that this this team has a really good chance. They're ranked 11 coming into the season. I feel like that's a little bit below what they should be. I think with everybody back, I think you see them win 10 games, 9 games in the regular season. And I, they, they make it back to the tournament. But I think this is a top 10 team all year. I think that they're going to win their first three games, wiggle themselves into the top 10. And I don't think that they're going to fall out of the top 10 for the rest of the season. Uh, there, Syracuse is one of those teams that people aren't a lot of people are talking about them because everyone always talks about Syracuse, but they're not one of they're not a lot of people's favorite teams for getting to Memorial Day weekend. I don't know if I have them as one of my top picks for Memorial Day weekend, but they're easily inside that 10 to 4 range in my mind. I think those spots between 10 and 4 are up for grabs for anybody, and I think that teams like Syracuse and Hopkins, some of these traditional powerhouses that have that have more recently been outside of the top 5 and 10, granted Syracuse has been in, but by tournament time they haven't panned out. I think this is the year where you see the Virginias of the world, the Syracuses, the Hopkins of the world uh, kind of get a little bit of that dominance back. And I think you're going to see them all hang out in the top 10. And I think they're all going to vie for a spot uh, in the final four come Memorial Day weekend. Their schedule, it is brutal. A little bit. It's brutal on paper. I don't think it's in, in reality, it's as brutal as it looks. There, there are some games that they should win. I'll first uh, rip through the schedule in order, and then we'll kind of talk about each game. But they've got Colgate starting on uh, February 8th, 
All these uh, first seven games are all at the Dome. So we've got Colgate, Albany, Army West Point, Virginia, Hopkins, Rutgers, and Duke. All at the Dome, back-to-back-to-back between February 8th and March 24th. Their first road game at Notre Dame, not until March 30th. And they play Notre Dame there at, at South Bend. They play at Hobart. Uh, to start April off. Then they're going to be back home again against Cornell at North Carolina at Navy. On paper, it's brutal. I believe they said there was seven teams that were ranked uh, in the inside lacrosse poll that they're going to face, but let's kind of go back through that. First, we'll rip through the games. I'm going, to, I'm going to call these cheese games, but they're really not. But these are games that Syracuse when they put these games on their schedule, these are games they believe they should win, and it's partly why these teams are on their schedule. Part, you know, Partly it's regional, easy to play a team like Colgate, but that's also a game you should win. So let's kind of rip through that. Colgate, game they should win. Colgate does play tough. They, they usually play them closer than, than they should, but that's, that's their first game of the year. That should be a W. Albany, I believe Syracuse is all set to come back and exact revenge on Albany, possibly in a serious way. Army West Point. Cuse has beat them by one goal in each of the last three years, and they beat them by three uh, in 2015. So that's always a close game. Army is never an easy win, but a win they should be nonetheless, and history tells us they should win that one. Then we get into the the brutal part of the schedule, and this is a brutal five-game stretch that they have between March 2nd and March 30th. They have Virginia at home, followed up by Hopkins at home, followed up by Rutgers at home, followed up by Duke at home. Uh, that's all Saturday, 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 and Sunday, respectively. They, they play Duke Sunday on March 24th. That is the end of their seven-game home stretch, but that's a brutal five-game stretch. Virginia, Hopkins, Rutgers, Duke, and then Notre Dame in South Bend on March 30th. Um, then they they go in another cheese game, Hobart. Cornell is going to be tough, but they do get Cornell at home this year. I was at the Cornell game last year up in Ithaca, that they lost badly. It was terrible to watch. They got North Carolina in uh, Chapel Hill and then Navy in in Annapolis. So they end with a a UNC game that's winnable on the road and they they end with Navy that's winnable on the road. They lost to Navy last year at the the Dome, but they should be able to take uh, Navy, you know, get, get revenge on Navy this year. In Annapolis, so that that's the schedule. It's not terrible. I've I've heard people say they're going to have a hard time going 500. They will not. I put Cuse, in my opinion, as the the maybe the second best team, the third best team in the ACC. Third, it's 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 between Syracuse and Notre Dame. They'd be fighting over it. And I even think Duke at second. I think that Duke, Syracuse, and Notre Dame are going to battle over that two through four spot, I think Virginia is the best team in the ACC. They've got to prove it, but I think their roster is tough coming into this year, and that's they're going to be a tough out for anybody uh, that plays in the ACC. But I, I still think that Syracuse is probably the, the second or third best team in the ACC. They've got a solid roster coming back. They always find a way to to get into that eight and six range somewhere in there. So I, I feel like they're going to end up being two or three games above 500, possibly better than that. I, I feel like they have a team that's good enough to stay in the top 10 for most of the year. So we'll see how that works out. But the schedule is brutal, but they will be okay. They are going to use the strength of this schedule to get themselves into another tournament. And never forget they have the ACC tournament where they get another crack at the teams like Virginia and Duke and Notre Dame, depending on how that regular season all plays out. (laughs) 